Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you to thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey there, Amplifiers. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to be talking about some actions that you can take, uh, some paradigms that you could begin shifting so that you can maximize your cash flow while reducing stress. Because is is it fun to have not good cash flow? No, it's not. Um, if you're tuning in now, make sure that you subscribe at growthamplifiers.com or on several different podcast distribution channels all over the place. And we'd like to have you tune in and subscribe. We'd also like you to tune in and take actions. Uh, so if you're hearing things that are resonating with you, share your comments, give your likes, give your thumbs up. We'd love to hear that. Our guests love to see it as well. Also, feel free to ask questions. If you're catching this on a replay, we do come back and look at our questions periodically, and we try to get those questions answered. So if you do have a question and you're thinking, hey, you know what? I'd like some more insight there. Please be proactive, ask questions. Uh, and take action. At the end of the day, you're going to gain information, information to take new actions. New actions lead to new results. So that's what we're here for. So let's make it happen. Now, the big idea that we know, cash flow is critical. We need to have good cash flow. It is critical for business. And without healthy cash flow, well, uh, we could have high stress. That's no good. Uh, we could have lower business value. Uh, that's not good either. And or it could be game over. And that's really not good, especially if you're trying to run a business. So we got to pay attention to cash flow. Um, it is the life and blood of a business and it deserves your focus and attention. So glad you're tuning in, spending a little bit of time to learn about some things you can do to elevate your cash flow. Our guest today, Catherine Tindall is a CPA. Uh, she is a CPA and partner of Dominion Enterprise Services, which is a concierge for tax advisory. And she is an expert on tax resolution. And also she is uh, provides compliance for entrepreneurs. So I'd like to welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Catherine Tindall. Thank you so much, Kenny. It's really great to be here. It's great to have you here. It's great to be celebrating. We're in the week of uh, right. We're in the week of Thanksgiving, and so yeah. we have a lot to be thankful for. Yes, I, I think for me, the one thing I'm probably most thankful for recently is uh, tax reform isn't on us yet, so <laughs> I can enjoy my Thanksgiving without having to read some long legislation. So I'm okay with that. And, and, and you know, I know you're joking, but you're also very serious at the same time because there is a lot of changes coming down the pipeline. And it's going to be really hard for the everyday person to even have a clue of what to do. Um, so I'm glad we have professionals like yourself who are studying, who are keeping track of that for us so that we can make sure that we're doing the right things. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that everyone is, every CPA is not created equal. Uh, and what I like about your approach is that you're proactive. Mm -hmm. Um, so would you mind sharing us a little bit about what inspired you to get 
and to become a CPA in, in the first place? Well, I think for me, what inspired me to join the profession is originally I wanted to be in medicine mm -hmm. and my parents are actually both CPAs and had their own tax practice and kind of on a whim, they told me, you know, use one of your electives, take, take an accounting course. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as you can tell where that ended up. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I found, you know, a combination of, I find it's, um, and I'm sure your listeners find the same thing that when you have a line of work where you really do create value for other people that you serve other people that you're bringing goodness to their life that's really satisfying um in a way that just doing something mindless is is not so that's that's kind of how i got into the profession and i just i really enjoy the nature of taxation because to me it's I, it's like i get paid to do sudoku all day so it's, <laughs> it's really fun for me but i had a very similar experience on my journey to become the marketing advisor and, and growth coach that I am today. When I started off, I was doing website design and mm -hmm. I, I liked the puzzle of putting things together and, and making something work. Yep. And I know with, with numbers, there's a mess of numbers. People have all this stuff going on in their business, but if, if they don't know how to organize it and don't know their options of how they can improve their cash flow or save more taxes, then they're going to be limited on what's possible for them. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs who have gotten through kind of that first leg of growth on their own, and they're more established, really, you've done everything that you can to improve your revenues to drive sales, increase conversion rates, you know, you've, you've done as much as you can to increase that top line number. And then on the on the other side, you know, having having a good business model, so you're able to do high margin and decrease your expenses. That's a lot that you can control yourself, right? You can control those factors that are going to seriously impact cash flow. But mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, it's kind of after the fact is when they start to think about tax, because you're not having to deal with it in the day to day of your business. And it's not something that you can usually once you know, you have pretty serious operation that you can handle yourself because it, mm -hmm. it just is really complex. And so because it feels like it's out of your hands, you're, I think for a lot of people that come to me, like they're just kind of resigned to, okay, you know, tax is just going to wipe out 20 to 50% of my work and there's just not much I can do about it. But so I think the, the kind of mindset, mindset shift that I try to preach is, no, there are things that you can do about it. And that that's kind of a hidden area where you can do certain activities and really in dramatically increase your, you know, your cash flow from your business by modifying things around taxation. So you can be proactive and and actually change the outcome. So let's let's start unpacking this uh, and and starting off. Just we hear the term cash flow, and some people get the idea. Yeah, it's cash flowing. <laughs> uh, but why is it so critical for a business to pay attention to this and be proactive when it comes to their cash flow? I think a lot of people, and especially people early on in their business, get really obsessive over profit which is good. That's a good number to be sensitive to. But what you make in profit is how you're getting taxed because the US system, it's an income tax basis and it's usually calculated off of that profit number. And so for a lot of people, if you're trying to drive really high profit, you know, top of the line profit, you're gonna be paying high taxes. And so you still wanna have that kind of profit built into what you're doing, 
but being sensitive to, you know, are there ways that I can, and it depends on what your goals are, right? So if you're going to be mm -hmm. selling your business, you don't want to have it not showing a profit, but you know, are there ways that you can tinker with that top line number to show something of like a paper loss and yet still get cash flow so that you can keep going? So that's something I often see with like real estate investors where mm -hmm. they're throwing off paper losses through using depreciation. And yet when you really think about it outside of an accounting context, they're being profitable because their properties are appreciating and they're getting cash flow without paying tax on it, you know, if you can structure it correctly. And so that ends up being a much better scenario oftentimes than just kicking off high profits and then losing, you know, 20 to 50% in income tax on that. And, you know, that's cutting out 20 to 50% of the cash flow from your business, right? Because you can't really finance your taxes. <laughs> so, right. So, so as I'm hearing about it and, and thinking about it, some of the bigger companies who are more sophisticated, mm -hmm. um, they, they work with people to figure out how they could save more of the money they make yeah, and maximize exactly. their dollar. And for a lot of small businesses, they haven't necessarily taken the time to do that. I think the, the trap one can easily fall into is, yeah, I've taken my, my taxes get done by, um, you know, H and R block or something and they'll, they'll file the taxes for me and they, yeah, I did my taxes. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's, and maybe I even wrote some things off, but what you're talking about is a, even a, a deeper level and more mm -hmm. strategic strategy, strategic strategy. Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> more of a strategic approach towards um, thinking about how you can maximize your bottom line beyond the common write-offs, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, that's that's really powerful what is can you give me a just kind of distinguish how what an example might be that someone can get an idea and say oh maybe i'm not doing that yeah <laughs> or, so a common one that i find is people don't think about kind of the overall tax exposure that they have you know if they have a, a family that they're very close with mm -hmm. and so like an often tactic that i'll, I'll talk to people about is you know hey could and this is a really small one that applies to a lot of people. Hey, could your kids work in your business? Is there anything that you could have your kids do in your business? Because, you know, if they're, a, you know, they're young enough, you're eligible for being able to pay them and not have to pay payroll tax on those wages. And it shifts those wages from your high brackets to, you know, if it's under $12,000, it's zero bracket. So it ends up being tax-free money. And then the even more powerful thing on top of that is if they don't need those funds for other things, because your child now has earned income, they can contribute to things like a Roth account. So now you're taking money that was never taxed on your return, and then you're putting it into a Roth, and now it's going to grow tax-free over the course of your kid's life. And the nice thing with those is if they want to take it out in like five to 10 years to buy a house or to do something... They're going to have this cat, you know. They're going to have this cash sitting there waiting for them. That's going to be tax free when they want to take it out. That just never got taxed, and you know. So you can imagine the the profound impact of that if you say you have a kid where they they sit on it for the course of their life and then they take it out at retirement. You're you're looking at several million dollars. You know, if you can do this strategy for years, where it's tax free money, um, and so that's that's one technique that I always have in my mind. That's one that you know, applies to a lot of people that they just don't know about. They just don't think about it because, you know, if you, if you see, 
your tax as something that it's it's just you kind of deal with it at the end of the year you get it done with it's annoying and you know you hate it you miss out on a lot of these things where if you just modified your behaviors a little bit and knew how the rules worked you can take advantage of some of these really powerful techniques that is killer and i want you to think about this if you're if you're a business owner entrepreneur tuning in with children consider what Catherine just said. Uh, consider that you right now could be paying taxes on money, which you could be using to set aside for your kids tax-free and have them work for you, have your kids work for you doing something. I'm sure it's, it doesn't have to be a complicated something, but having them doing something, contributing to your business, giving them some responsibility, also helping you out and helping them out as well it's a it's like a trifecta of wins mm -hmm. yep. wins are all over the place so that's that's a really powerful strategy what what are um some of the common mistakes to avoid when it comes to you know cash flow tax planning things of that nature we're all human <laughs> we're, all, <laughs> we're all easy to make mistakes uh, sometimes we think we know what we're doing and we may be just you know doing great in one area and shooting our foot in the other we're not even aware mm. of so yeah so i think for most people the, the first mistake i see is not being proactive about it right mm -hmm. so not addressing it before the end of the year or just just not addressing it so like i had someone that i was talking to the other day where he was running a um he's an architect with a big architecture firm and he was talking about how um, he had bonused him out bonused himself out in his company, like over a million dollars and almost, you know, a big chunk of that got wiped out to tax. Um, and so it wasn't until the year after now he's starting to try to find answers for that. And so I think the first mistake is just to wait too long and, um, you know, to realize that if you're working with a tax professional, it's worth it to talk to them during the year and ask them for more work than just filing the tax return and, and ask for, you know, a planning engagement. Like, is there anything that we could do here to, to save me more? I think the second mistake that I see a lot of people make is they, they try to DIY it when it comes to trying to execute some of these techniques themselves. And it's very easy to miss a step or mess it up. And it just kind of will wipe out the whole thing. So I had another case recently of a, a real estate investor who had come to us and he had set up a 1031 exchange. And, and if you're not familiar with the 1031 exchange, any listeners out there, it's basically a, a specialty tax technique where you're able to, you've purchased a property that you were using and you're renting it. You're able to sell that property, buy a replacement property and not pay capital gains tax, but you have to follow some pretty specific steps in order to get it to work. And so he had done a lot of the steps himself. He thought he was gonna get it to work and then he, didn't do it correctly. And so by the time he talked to me, um, he didn't qualify for the treatment. So he was looking at like over $200,000 in taxes that if he had just worked with somebody, we could have just deferred it, you know, for decades. Cause the nice thing with those is you can just keep rolling them forward every time you go to sell a property. And so you can imagine over the course of his life, a $200,000 tax hit now what the lost depreciation on that money is going to be over the course of a life. So I think trying to DIY it for too long, like it's, as you said, you know, in the, when we were talking before the show started, really seeking to sharpen the saw mm -hmm. involves getting people who know what they're doing to handle things that are complicated so that it's just done correctly 
and you're not trying to teach yourself the tax code. So. Hey there, this is Kenny from Growth Amplifiers, here to ensure you get your awesome ideas into action to grow and improve your business and achieve your full potential. Take the first step by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. Take the assessment to get your personalized score. Then select from free resources to learn how to improve your score. Don't wait. Be proactive and take action now by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. And always keep on amplifying. Now, let's get back to the show. So, so I think that's a, a great piece of advice, and I, I'm going to double down on it because I give the same advice. And have you ever seen like a, a Pinterest fail of like Cookie Monster? Have you ever seen that? <laughs> I've seen some pretty good like, Pinterest fails. Yeah. Well, the thing is, people see something and they say, "Oh, yeah, I could do that," and then they miss important steps, mm-hmm. and then what they get looks nothing like what they were intending to do. And sometimes these steps look like so basic. I'm looking to bake bread. Uh, What is this yeast ingredient? It only costs for half a teaspoon. I don't know if I need it. So maybe I'm I'm not going to worry about it. I'll I'll just substitute nutmeg or something. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, it's not going to turn out the same. So I think it's really critical to connect with a trusted guide that knows the details. Mm-hmm. And it can help you actually uh, save time and get a better outcome. Usually they more than pay for themselves. Exactly. And that, that I guess the challenge we have is, is it takes a little bit of humility and, and could be a, a little painful to, to get started there. However, there's the, the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. Mm-hmm. So just if you're like most people thinking, um, you may have heard about, you know, it's probably better to save for retirement sooner rather than later. But a, a majority of people don't don't get it done early. They get it done later. So point of the story is don't procrastinate. <laughs> Connect with someone sooner <laughs> rather than waiting and then finding out after the fact, yeah, I should have done that. <laughs> yeah, because I think for most serious entrepreneurs, your CPA is just going to be one of the key relationships as part of how you run your business, right? It's, you know, it's your CPA, it's your business attorney, it's your banker, it's your insurance guy. Like it's one of those key relationships that, you know, as you get more complicated, you're just not going to be able to handle it. Um, And so it's, it's, you know, I like to your point with, they usually pay for themselves. Like it's a point of principle in our firm that will, we only work with clients that they're going to get at least a 200% ROI on what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they're able to know that upfront so that, you know, that you can make a decision, right? Because it's, um, I think a lot of people, they get stuck in the mentality of thinking everything's an expense. And if you can shift your mindset into, no, everything I'm doing should be an investment, right? If I'm incurring an expense, it really should be producing an ROI for me somewhere. Either it's an emotional ROI or it's a direct financial ROI. And if, if something's just a consumption thing that you're doing, whether it's like an advisor or a service that you have, and it's not producing an ROI, you shouldn't be doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's a key thing, like how I changed the structure of our firm was that I wanted to be able to communicate that really directly with clients that that the work with us, it's it's an investment and it should be a profit center for you. And I think every, you know, every company that, it, that you know, an entrepreneur works with, 
you should be able to frame it in your mind like that. Like, is this, how is this, is this producing a good ROI? It's important. I'm totally on board with that one. It's uh, a lot of people can get caught up in the, in the cost. They pay for things and it's cost. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can end up saving money, more money than you're spending (laughs) or uh, making money back more than you're spending, then, then you have a return. And if you think about it logically, then you're actually losing money uh, by not taking Mm -hmm. that action. So just make sure that you really evaluate those offers. And when you have someone who has the knowledge and expertise, can save you time, can guide you through a process, and they have some credibility behind them, why not take a moment to engage and and learn about that? Mm -hmm. Um, So speaking of which, uh, what would be the first steps for someone to take that maybe hasn't gone through that engagement yet, they're hearing about it and they're thinking maybe that's something I should do, but is my biggest, is my business big enough? Would my business really benefit from this? Um, what and which steps should they take to start helping them gain the, the awareness of what they should be doing? Yeah. So I would say for most, for most entrepreneurs out there, if you're doing more than a hundred thousand dollars in profit, you should be engaging a, a tax professional. And I would say for the added cost, it's, it's worth it to work with, um, you know, a, like an actual CPA firm or, uh, you know, an EA who has a tax advisory practice, you know, outside mm-hmm. of like an H and R block or like a turbo tax, just because mm-hmm. you want somebody who is going to have a more vested interest in, in you and you're in a relationship with you. Um, because a lot of the times, a lot of the, the planning techniques and things that we do in our practice, it comes from really knowing the clients well and knowing what's going on with them. Right. So for me to give the advice to somebody to hire their kids, I already know, you know, the ages of their kids, what's going on, what's going on with the kids and what kind of business the client has that that's actually going to be applicable and something we could pull off. Mm -hmm. And then on the technical side of it, you know, that they're in the right entity that they're going to get the benefit from it. And, um, you know, how to run the payroll and all that kind of technical stuff to execute. But so I think the first step to start with is really evaluating where you are with that relationship. If you're going for a self-serve option, I would consider shifting to someone who's not going to be a self-serve option for you, that it's going to be a relationship Mm -hmm. and how you find that relationship. You know, if you already have a, a tax professional that you're happy with, I'd say the next step to that would be asking for a planning engagement from them because most accountants are not salespeople. And so when you come to them, they're going to meet the the minimum requirement, which is making sure you're compliant with your filing obligation, which is filing your taxes and like remitting payment to the government. So mm-hmm. they're going to make sure that you're good on that. They don't want you going to jail. They don't want you getting IRS notices, but unless you ask for more, most of the time you're not going to get more because that's just not, I've been in the industry a while. That's just not the mentality that most tax professionals have. So to yeah, and they may not be in the mindset to even be proactive looking for. They may not have those yeah. skills. Uh, you may have someone that's doing a really good job at what they do, but they just may not have the capabilities of being able to provide the value that you could have by getting a second opinion. Yeah, true, and that's what I usually say to anyone who approaches me that's interested with having us look at their their situation. Is more often than not, or you know somewhat frequently when I see someone's tax information, I can 
tell them, oh, you know what, actually you're tax optimized, like your previous CPA has you set up correctly. So you should continue to just work with them because I can see what they're doing and they're, you know, they're doing, they're taking advantage of what you're eligible for. Um, but it's always, you know, most, almost every professional in professional services is willing to do a free consultation. And so to really take, you know, take people up on that and make sure you've got a good personality fit, but also a good professional fit, right? So if you go to your accountant and are like, hey, can we do some, can we do some planning work? And, you know, could you tell me about what I could expect for an ROI on that? If they're able to communicate that well to you, then that that's, you know, probably the kind of professional you're going to want to work with. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, so speaking of which, you know, Catherine uh, and her company mentions they do have a, a complimentary consultation and you can go to their website, dominiones.com. If you go to the contact page, there's a great form on there that will help get you signed up so that you can experience that for yourself. So if you haven't worked with a tax planner, you haven't had that someone take a look at your business from that level before, I suggest just getting it checked out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt to get some ideas. Now, uh, what I really liked about what you just said a moment ago is, you know, if, if someone's doing good already, you'll just basically affirm, hey, you're doing good. Mm -hmm. you've, you've got things set up and that's really refreshing. Um, that's my approach, how I work as well. When I'm reviewing someone's business, if, if they look like they've got everything together, uh, then I'll give that thumbs up. If mm -hmm. there's some areas that could use some improvement, I'll just highlight, hey, there's some things you might want to consider. And if you need help with implementation, let's have that conversation. Uh, so if you haven't done so already, I suggest taking advantage of that. All you could do is learn something to help you benefit yourself, your business, and your future. It couldn't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> As, as we're kind of wrapping up, um, what is something that you've gained on your entrepreneurial journey that you've, you think might be beneficial for others who are on their entrepreneurial journey? It could be something tax related. It could be something completely different, just something that you've learned and you found valuable that you're like, this is something I could share. Mm. I think for me, probably the, the most valuable thing that I've learned in my entrepreneurial journey is when I, I started working at other CPA firms and kind of seeing how things were done and, and the standards in, in the industry and everything. And so for me, when I, when I launched this firm, I really took the time before going into it to say, you know, where are the broken parts of the model of this and where can we fix this? Where are the friction points that clients experience? Um, you know, how could we make this smarter? So really, dissecting the technical knowledge that I have as part of a greater business into how can we make this model more efficient for our staff, for us, for our clients, and having that in mind before we started doing everything. And so I think for a lot of people, they get into, especially with like very technical kind of work like I do, or, you know, if you're a plumber or if you're, um, you know, running an online business or something, you kind of just, uh, do the, you know, you just start working, you start getting into it, you just keep going, keep going. And to take a step back and say, 
you know, let me actually plot out what the model is of how this works. The model of where are we providing value? Where are we getting traction for our clients? And how do we really emphasize that? Because that's ultimately what's important. And so how do we structure the business around that, around that value that we provide? Because that's ultimately what's going to drive the most success for our clients and for us. And so not getting caught in the weeds of all the little things, but saying, okay, how can we really mold what we're doing around our value? And so I've found that that ex that mental exercise before we started doing a lot of things was extremely helpful for me because my industry is very um, uh, traditional, I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. And so to just really kind of model what other companies in different industries are doing onto my industry, I think was a really helpful exercise for us. That is great insights. Those small, subtle differences can make a huge impact uh, on the experience that you provide, which all comes back around. So it's worth taking the time to step back, look, evaluate. And if you can't do everything, start with one thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, uh, Catherine, thank you so much for being on Growth Amplifiers, for taking some time to share your knowledge and expertise, giving people paradigm shifts. Again, highly uh, recommend reaching out to Catherine and her team. At the very least, connect with your uh, some, the person that you're working with now. Get some perspective. Uh, you take new actions and just see what's possible. Mm -hmm. And until then, uh, let's have a, an, an amazing and wonderful Thanksgiving holiday weekend um, coming up around the corner. If you're if you're tuning in this and you're like, it's not Thanksgiving anymore, you can still be <laughs> thankful this week for something. Uh, let's remember to be thankful always for the awesome things that we have in our lives. Mm -hmm. Thank you again for showing up and we'll catch you around the campfire. Thank you so much, Kenny. It was such a pleasure to be here. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.